Hello, and welcome to our newest episode of Not So Silent Reading. It's me, Charlotte. And me, Katie. And today we're talking about 800 Grapes by Laura Dave. Um, Katie has her wine ready to go. I unfortunately don't. But I had a glass of wine yesterday, so I'm just going to count that for this. Um, But if you couldn't guess by the theme, this book is about a woman um, and her family's vineyard. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give a synopsis, Katie? I do want to give a synopsis. Okay, so um, 800 Grapes is about a girl uh, who leaves her LA home and as two LA natives, I already, who have also left home, <laughs> I already relate. <laughs> um, and she goes up to her family um, vineyard up in uh, wine country um, And it's kind of like a going back to the roots. And really, like, as I was thinking about it this afternoon, I was like, this is like what every Hallmark movie dreams are made of. (laughs) Like, a girl heads home (laughs) after a little heartbreak, reconnects with her family and her roots, and chooses, like, a new path forward. Yes, 100%. And I actually, like, afterwards, I was like, is there a movie of this? Because this seems, like, prime for the screen. Prime. Um, so I'm shocked it's not been made into a movie. And in fact, I think I did watch a very similar, I don't know if it was Netflix or Prime made for TV movie that was like basically this premise, but kind of reversed where it was like, this girl lived on a vineyard, but this guy like decides he needs to, I don't know. I forget why he goes there. He's like a businessman or something. Anyways, he ends up like working on the farm and she doesn't know he's like secretly super wealthy but he like works the vineyard and they fall in love. Anyways, it's very similar. I mean, it's not, I guess not so similar actually. It's just there's yeah. a vineyard involved, but. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's like an interesting, I think that there's like a, well, well hold on. Do we, do we, are we, do we, are we ready to jump in and discuss? Yeah, I'm ready to jump in. Um, I mean, so maybe we should get into the plot a little bit, which is like, so she runs away from home or not runs away from home, but this woman like leaves on the eve of her wedding. And at first you don't really know why, or a few days before her wedding and she's getting married at the, her parents' vineyard anyways, but she kind of arrives a few days early and she arrives in her wedding dress because she was at her dress fitting when she saw her fiance walking down the street with another woman and like a little five-year-old girl or four-year-old girl. I forget how old the girl is, but yeah, some kid. Um, and so she's like, obviously very distraught and is like rethinking their whole relationship and like, was like, how could, how could he lie to me? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she goes home and she has two brothers, one who runs a bar or is like a bartender in town and one who I forget he's a lawyer I forget what he does the other brother but anyways um and her parents who run the the winery um and then her fiance comes up to find her or they're like trying to work things out um so she's kind of figuring out what to do with him if she still wants to like go forward with getting married or if she feels like this is too big of a betrayal is she overreacting in the meantime she finds out her um dad has sold the winery Mm -hmm. and sold it off to this like 
I don't, what's the like brand name of wines that is like a mass producer of wines? I don't know. She sells it off to like that version of wines. <laughs> to, like uh, some like, mass produced company or something. Yeah, like. not quite barefoot, but maybe barefoot wines. Yeah, like a, <laughs> or whoever is like behind like two buck chuck, that kind of like mass produced wine whereas her family winery has always been like these very like um I guess hand culture like very like familial um small production facility um and then dare I say it that sparks fly between them two I mean at first they don't like each other but then you know there's a little tension but a then classic her- anti-meat <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. So then do we want to talk about the end already? Or I guess, or do you have any thoughts up until now? Um, like uh, it, I, the other point I just kind of want to drive home for this is like, it feels like there's just like these kind of like layers of secrets and like you get like mm-hmm. some secrets and a reveal and like some more secrets and then the reveal. And so it's like very fun to read because you're like, what the heck is going on? And so like, the selling of the winery was like a little bit of a secret and like then the reveal. And then as we kind of keep going, that kind of like uh, cadence happened throughout the book. Yeah. Um, and it's nice, it's nice to see the reveals in that, like there's superhuman emotions. Like it's always like, okay, my parents like sold this winery and like uh, there's a bunch of nostalgia wrapped, wrapped up in it. And like, I think there's a lot of like child guilt of like, am I doing enough to take care of my parents? Like, you know, there's some real like humanity in that piece as well that I really enjoy. Um, But yeah, so just to, just to kind of explain this kind of secret part too. Yeah. And one of the other secrets that just reminded me of that you reveal is that the mom um, has this like, I mean, lover, like she's taken up a man that she knew before who was a musician and she was a musician back in the day before she like, married the dad and became the winery so the daughter is obviously um like a little bit distraught and like thrown off guard like had no idea um gets mad at her mom for like why are you doing this like why don't why aren't you with dad um and so yeah there's a lot of um everyone is slightly flawed like no one is perfect in this book which um was great and like the brothers as well each of the brothers have their own issues and are Mm -hmm. very layered characters um, yeah. I thought, um, uh, I mean, I liked the main character a lot. I think, um, I related to as someone who's like very much in her head about like, am I making the right decision? I related to her, like, she's a lot in her head about like, am I making the right decision about what I do? Like she's a lawyer, but she's conflicted about if she took the right path, if she should do something else. Um, and then, you know, deciding to, uh, like, should she forgive or kind of accept her fiance's like love child who he claims it happened before they were together and he just only found out about it six months ago. But like that the actual making of the child was pre their relationship. So there's kind of like some nebulous, like gray ground, like, you know, what does that exactly mean? Um, Like he didn't, he says he didn't cheat on her, but like he also like didn't tell her the truth about this child and was worried that she wouldn't want to marry him if she found out. Um, which that's a pretty big, like, that would be a red, big red flag. If someone doesn't tell me about a secret kid they have. 
Right. Listen, rule number one of dating, tell me about your love children. <laughs> like, that's a big one. Um, but I liked that it wasn't a like, I, because I don't think he cheats on her, right? Even when right. you find out at the end, it's more that he realized he's not really telling her the whole story about how much he wants to like maybe be involved in this kid's life how they're like planning to move to London and he had claimed that it was for his work but like you kind of then start to learn it's really about him wanting to be closer to his daughter that lives in London um and so I liked that it wasn't quite the typical trope of like oh he cheated on me um and had a little bit of nuance to it um yeah I don't know I think that one of the like pitfalls that this kind of book can fall into, like thinking about this, like as a genre of like, you know, chiclet is not a derogatory term in this podcast (laughs) or for these readers. Um, It sparks much joy and I love it very much. Um, But for this kind of like light book, there can be um, the trope of like these very like formulaic pieces yeah um and like this is what happens and this happens and then oh no the twist and then happily ever after whatever it's gonna be but for what 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 I think this author does really well is not necessarily like subverting these tropes but like she knows she knows what notes to to play to like make the reader feel some kind of way about it because nobody in this book is really like fully a good guy and nobody is really fully a bad guy like I think that you know it's there's that moment with like her and her fiance about like this London and the, like the lies and like what he didn't tell her. And it just kind of highlights that like, this is probably a good relationship that could have been fine if like this hadn't happened. But like the, once this stressor was added, you, you really saw that these two people were not on the same page or quite as compatible as they thought. And I think particularly for women in our generation and maybe of our like age, like, um, there is this kind of like thought that like, this is what the steps that we take in life are. And so I got this great job. I'm a lawyer and I met this great guy and we're going to get married and like, we're going to move to London because like adventure and stuff. And, you know, whatever is happening in her mind, like, I think that there is uh, a maturity in kind of realizing you got to uncheck some boxes because you didn't make those boxes. You didn't really want those boxes, but you just think that that's what comes next. And so there's a really lovely examination of that, I think, in this character's like inner monologue and how she thinks about stuff and like where she's really connecting to things and where she's just kind of going through the motions. That is true. Um, I think she, yeah, she doesn't really realize where she has gotten to, like she's gone through a lot of motions without really thinking about them. Um, and sometimes it takes these like big moments to where you kind of um the veil is it like the veil falls or the curtain falls like you kind of see things with different eyes and it's hard to go back like I think that's the thing is it's like it's hard to um once you know something or once you've realized something you can't unsee it anymore and so it's like once she's learned this about her fiance it's like she can't un um like there's no going back to how things were which is I think what he wants 
but then I would also say like he doesn't really do any and like maybe this is also me being like a woman in the world these days but he doesn't do a lot of work to try to like yeah. like part of me also got the vibe that he had a foot out the door but he wanted to move there like with his wife like with a wife so that he could set up this new life in London and like kind of like move into this cookie cutter dynamic with like his daughter so I think that he had in his mind some check boxes too but like I don't know how much it was really like about her at the end. I think he loved her, but I also think that he was going to do what he was going to do. Um, so spoiler, they don't end up together. <laughs> yeah, they don't end up together. Um, I thought it was interesting that although they don't end up together, that her parents reconcile. And this might have just uh, hit a particular nerve for me, but I, yeah. was, I was a little like, I don't know. Is that realistic? Like, I, I bought it, but... I really think it could have gone either way. Um, I don't know. It felt like a little bit, maybe too clean of an ending for me, but again, I think that might be a little bit of, um, my bias coming in. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I think that there are some elements of like, uh, her mother, you know, this other man was like a, a man from her past. And I think that sometimes like, you know, her mom is probably what in her fifties or sixties, we would guess in this book. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like kind of looking back on your life and like wondering if you just kind of like took a path and like, what would happen if you made different decisions? Like to me, that was a little bit more about maybe like women don't do midlife crisis crises in quite the same way that men do. (laughs) Um, true. Uh, but like also like her dad has a heart attack at the end and so it also struck me as something that was like yeah like just thinking it could be something that um kind of like shook her to like remind her that she like really does love him and this wasn't just like a series of happenstance that led them to be together um but maybe she just needed to like again like step her toe out to kind of like understand that that what she really wants like to me it felt like a mirror um with like an opposite ending Oh, I've never thought about it that way, but I really, I like that. Um, And I think definitely her parents going through a period of instability really rocked her where she was like, well, I thought if I get married to my fiance, like we'll be as solid as my parents are. And seeing her parents who she never thought this would happen to, I think have moments of doubt really like kind of changes her perspective as well. Yeah. Um, that it can really happen to anyone and it reminds me of this other book I just read called the midnight library have you read that I've no I've been seeing it on a bunch of lists though yeah it's um someone uh gave it to me to uh like let me borrow their copy but um there's a lot of themes of this like what if I had taken a different path in life and like yeah. what if I had make the, made this one decision differently kind of like sliding doors have you ever seen sliding doors with Gwyneth Paltrow no, but I know the premise. Yeah, like kind of like if you had done this or that, like where would your life be? And um, I think this is something we all dwell on a lot of like, what if I had done this differently? But the point of the Midnight Library, and I think, I don't know if it makes as much of a point here, but it's like, you'll either way, like honestly, like there's a million paths you could have taken, but like you all, in all of them, you'll end up okay in a way. Yeah. Like in all of them, you'll end up where you will are meant to be even if it's a different job or with a different partner or in a different place like um and that you can't 
there's no way to try all those different um, paths out. And there's also no one path in which you'll be happier or don't feel pain versus the others. Like in all of them, you will have those ups and downs. So it kind of doesn't matter about thinking about which path was the right one to take, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's an interesting concept because as someone, again, who like dwells a lot on decision-making making the right decision, um, it's kind of like, well, that's a moot point. Like don't spend so much time on that is kind of what I took away from it. Um, I like that very much. Um... And I, I think that the other piece that is really like lovely about this book too is like, um, it's it, your path isn't static. Like you can you can change it. <laughs> um, like my girl calls an audible and just like, yep, I make wine now at the end of this book. Um, so I think that there's some like really nice uh, like agency in characters, like to to think about like what they've experienced and how it's made them feel and like what are they gonna do about it. Um, which is not always the case in some of these books. Um, but I like that a lot in this one because I felt like she wrestled with it. And sometimes she's like not the most relatable character. Um, like sometimes I thought she was a little bit too in her head or um, just like really like uh, laser focused on the thing that was like in her teeth at that moment. Um, but the, I feel like we all go through that too. And so it's enjoyable to watch someone kind of wrestle with that piece and make some decisions about it. Yeah. Um, and like it, no path is like super like candy landy and that it just like keeps going and like there's a color progression and you're just like on it and then suddenly there's lollipops. Like, no, um, I think that there's like a lot of like mess and chaos and unpredictability in like both like this story and like this plot, but also like in life as well. Um, and I just feel like it's really nice to see uh, storytelling that like reflects that reality. Yeah, it was um, a really fun, like good book. I think if someone was looking for like a holiday read or a read over the holidays, that's like, I just want something to relax my brain and not really like have to overthink things, but that's still smartly written and like um, interesting. This is like where I feel like I would slot that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's also interesting is I had actually read, Laura Dave just came out with her most recent book, uh, if I had never met you, is that, is that what it's called? No, no, no. Uh, the last thing he told me, I think. Oh, okay. If wow, I had never I was... not met you was one that you sent me for my birthday. Oh, which is a great book. Yes. Which okay. is a great book. <laughs> totally different book, but like, yeah, I got the, yeah. Um, that one's a great one too, but sorry, the last thing he told me, which yeah. is more of a mystery thriller kind of type book. So it was really interesting also having read that one first and then this one where I think you did the reverse um I yeah. was like I don't know I I saw her more as a mystery writer and then I was like oh she can also do like this is a really different genre but it's actually I mean she's evolved as a writer the other way yeah. um so I don't know I was just curious if you had you have you read the other the last thing he told me yet okay yeah I read that one as well um right when it came out and I was like oh perfect like another cute little rom-com for summer <laughs> very not much at my mom's house and I'm stress flipping in the jacuzzi trying to keep the book dry like a lunatic uh so I had a real bait and switch thing too where I thought I was signing up for poolside like vibes and really I'm like sorry I can't see my family right now because I gotta find out what happened to this dude um <laughs> yeah 
that one's very different vibes that one will give you anxiety until you finish it um but I think that like to what we've been saying in this conversation about this book what she does so well with like plotting and characters um is what's required to be like a good mystery writer um and so I think that that's like what's enjoyable about seeing it in this seeing those skills in like a lighter format like yeah it's, it's just a nice way to be like oh yeah yeah you need those skills to do this well but like they're really showcased in that other genre um to a different degree so a treat just a treat all around <laughs> yeah it was it was fun um I would love to drink this lady's wine once she develops her vineyard um, right from the last straw winery <laughs> yeah the last straw winery and I also, yeah, would still really love to see a, a movie made from this. Um, who would you cast as um, one of the characters? Like, I'm trying to think who I would, who I've pictured in my mind as this lady. Okay, well, like, selfishly, I love the idea of, like, an Anna Kendrick. Oh, great. Yeah. She's always delightful. Pitch She's perfect. always delightful. She get that neurotic energy, I think, just <laughs> right. Um, and then just kind of like let shit go too. <laughs> she would be a great choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like who the the brooding, basically like a Mr. Darcy esque character where they don't like each other at first, but then they like each other, and he's like a businessman. I don't know, someone yeah. with a beard maybe. I don't know why I pictured this character with a beard. <laughs> First of all, I would say we could do Adam Driver because we know he's got the range. But then I also just saw an interview with Andrew Garfield. So now I want him to be in more things. So there's just a lot of layers to this. We've got options. (laughs) Um, Maybe someone undiscovered. I always like when you put new people into movies that I've not seen before. Some fresh talent. Um, Anyways, yeah, whoever has the rights to this, please get to work <laughs> yeah we're in a, we're still in a pandemic and we are yeah. looking for content <laughs> um this uh also i it doesn't really apply but i'm going to segue into this because i love talking about it is i recently binge watched virgin river on netflix okay which love is this for you. fantastic um okay. and it kind of has the vibe because it's like a woman escapes la mm-hmm leaves her job goes to a different or I guess this lady doesn't leave her job but goes to this small town in northern California also northern California there's so many parallels um doesn't go to a winery she's a nurse so she's like becomes a nurse practitioner in this new town um unfortunately her husband did not uh leave her or like there wasn't a a situation like this it was another situation but I won't spoil it for those of you that will go watch Virgin River um, <laughs> but yeah it was just like kind of a similar thing and uh, I was watching the show as the same time as reading the book mm-hmm. I mean it just kind of felt like it was similar like they kind of paired well together I'll say that okay I like that oh god that's like a wine pairing pun too I like that <laughs> worked on layers um <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about earlier in the discussion I was like oh we'll circle back to it was uh, I often feel like LA is often portrayed as like a place that is like wealthy and famous and star-studded and all, all of that kind of like vapid and shallow and beautiful and all of these kind of like 
there's weight when you set something in LA. Um, and I think that there's something I like about this kind of tension between this idea of like a high powered LA lawyer um, going back to like a working class family, like vineyard um, in Northern California. Like it's still like Napa. So it's not like, she's not like a ranch hand, you know, like she's, I love losing it with some grapes. But I think that what I like to see is that kind of class tension without like the tension where it's just like two different kind of backdrops for how these people like interact. And like, I think that her kind of coming from you know, planning this like wedding and this move to London, which like also feels like this like high class, like look, hey, look my, I made it energy. Like, <laughs> I think that that is like a very fun pretense. And then to have it like kind of dialed back into, or like, I guess grounded is probably a better word to have it a little bit more deeply grounded in this kind of like, uh, white collar not white collar blue collar backdrop um creates like a different tension that I also really enjoy um reading about because it wasn't like neither ends of the spectrum were stereotypes or um flat kind of like you know characters like it was all it all still had like depth um but it I, I just I, you know, thinking about a writer and like the choices that they're making to tell the story. I just like that that was like a, some layers that she played with. I agree. I thought um, it was also, I think the additional, like going back to home, like you said, like nostalgia for your childhood and for how you grew up, um, mm -hmm. especially when your parents are um, like, whether they're selling their house or they're changing, like, you know, um, changing things and you don't want them to change. Um, that was another layer that I thought was really well done here. Um, yeah. I think that it's really hard. Well, I don't know. I guess it was really hard for me to like go through that period where you're, you know, even though I didn't live in LA anymore, every time I visited, it was like the same for a while. So it was like, oh, nothing's changed. Like I can still go back home and everything's going to be kind of the same it was. And then when that changes and you're like, oh wait, but like, you're not in the same house that I grew up in anymore, or none of the stuff is there that I grew up with anymore. Um, or like even the same location, like, you know, if your parents move, then it's like, well, I'm never really going to visit as often anymore where I grew up. Like there's no reason. I mean, besides like maybe seeing it for my own thing, there's no other reason really for me to be there anymore. So, um, but that's like really, I don't know, it can be hard, I think, to process sometimes, even in, even as an adult. Yeah. And even this idea of like, it's different when you're going home and staying in like the room that you grew up in versus like going to your parents, like new home and like staying in the guest room. And you're like, mm -hmm. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, where is my poster of Colin Farrell? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that there is this kind of, um, push to recognize that like, you maybe don't have the same like foundation that you used to have. Um, and what she kind of goes through in the book too, is like, it's not just that like, she went home, like kind of like in a moment of crisis to kind of like have a safe place to land and then discover that that was like not the reality either. And I think that there is like this kind of romanticization of like our parents where it's like, um, I just assume that when I'm not around that you are waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, waiting for me to come home. Next. Right. And I am 34 years old. And if I call my mom and she doesn't answer, I, 
I say out loud, who could you possibly be talking to? (laughs) (laughs) Which is both rude, but also accurate. Like, Mm -hmm. who else? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like kind of hilarious how that never goes away. Um, And to bring it back even farther, this is sad though. Maybe I shouldn't go here. Should I go here? Why not? Have you seen seen the movie, The Father? No. Okay, well. First subject. (laughs) (laughs) Have you? Have you like not relatable? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, fair point. Fair point. Okay, summary in like one sentence is basically this guy has really bad dementia slash Alzheimer's and starts to like, really like lose his mind and you don't really know what's real what's not real blah, blah blah it's all from his perspective long story short the end of the last scene of the movie is him spoiler if you haven't seen it and want to watch it like fast forward but this the end is that um he basically is like crying out for his mom and he's like in he's like probably late 80s or something and he's just like he sounds like a four-year-old child who's just like mommy like I want my mommy and it is like most gutting thing to watch but also so visceral and that it kind of reminds you like you always want like even when you're older even if your parents have passed on like that need for your especially I don't know I don't want to I say dads and moms both can be great but like there's something about your mom um that just never leaves you about like wanting that comfort um anyways uh I think that that was also maybe one of like the more gutting pieces of like the George Floyd story um that like he cried out for his mother too like I think that as an adult man to still have that like inherent connection that like that's what that's what safety would mean like that's what security would mean in some way um I think is really deeply ingrained in all of us um yeah (laughs) well I mean we went there. <laughs> this took a turn. I wasn't expecting. No. Um, um, but uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, we took a real rom com. We took a real rom com style book and got into our freaking childhood trauma with our parents. I know. Um, but anyways, but I would I would recommend this. I wouldn't say like if I had to give it a rating. I don't know. Do we do? I can't remember if we did ratings or whatever. But like, oh, I think it's definitely a read like a four out of five stars yeah would be like where I would put it yeah something totally like light and easy to grab and enjoy um and just like you know it's the like one of the things I really enjoy about like bad tv or these kind of like lighter shows is it's just like nice to like give your brain a break and that's exactly how I feel about this book too like there's just like some books that just give you the chance to kind of just like relax your eyes, step into a fake world, a little escapism, mm-hmm. um, and imagine what it would be like for you to run away and just, you know, start making wine. I mean, I did think that maybe I should open a winery after I read this book. I'm not going to lie. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wow. It does. I will say something about the book that I really liked was it really shows you the grind and the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into like having a winery. Yeah. Um, and that was great, but like, yeah, I don't think I'd be a good winemaker. No. It, it requires a lot of patience. Like yeah. 
because you make it and then you have to wait and then you taste it and then you wait right. and I'm just like I don't have that kind of patience no. I feel like the parent trap the Lindsay Lohan version really like set us up for failure in that one because I just thought that owning a winery would just be like living on a winery <laughs> <laughs> yeah it must be beautiful to look at but it's got to be a tough job like it's like a probably a non-stop job right and there's a lot of science involved, which is, yeah. again, not my not wheelhouse. My <laughs> Same with the movie um, Bottle Shock, which I also read or watched recently about this, which is so good, has Alan Rickman, who I love, RIP. I mean, seriously, like, just really, I just love him. Yeah. Um, maybe, oh, I was like, maybe, oh my God. I'm going to cast a movie? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, and then I was like, I literally just forgot how you passed away. That's so horrible. Um, but uh, th- that was a great movie about talking about how the California wines like blew up the wine world and all the like French snobby wine critics. And I can right. say that because I'm French. So, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how no one thought the California wines would like ever compare. Um, and that was a great movie as well. I really liked that. Um, yeah but cool well I guess any other thoughts on the book or that you want to end with uh no I just really I just enjoy it sometimes it's like really nice to just read a book for like the joy of reading and this yes. is the kind of book that like falls into that category for me mm-hmm. um Absolutely. where it's like not a slog they're not trying to reinvent the wheel um and like, I'm someone who loves fantasy. So like, I'm happy for some world creation, but like something like this is also just like such like a little palate cleanser for my reading brain. It's like chicken soup for the soul, but like, seriously, it's just like a, like good. You're always going to feel good afterwards. Yeah. Um, what should we read next? Well, also I want to talk about, we have to do like an end of year our favorite books recap like we did last year so we should yeah. do that at some point but we also we should pick our next book well I I think that I nominated this one so do you have anything on your radar that you would want to oh yeah let me, pull up, let me pull up my list of like things that I um have on my list of things I'm looking to read is this like your library hold list what's gonna come um, up next? <laughs> I usually have that but I actually have a google keep note that I've been starting to track um I guess like what's our theme oh there's one book I really want to read called killers of the flower moon have you read it I started it because um, one of my book clubs is going to read it and then I couldn't make it that book club so I never finished the book but I do know that they're going to make a movie out of it with um Leonardo DiCaprio so I would love to read it okay done let's do yeah. it um so killers of the flower moon by David Grant if I have this name right let me just double check on google because uh for my anybody, can- yeah for just our friends listening along the um this book is like a nonfiction account of like the birth of the FBI, um, which started with the Osage tribal murders in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, because the Osage were like, I believe the first tribe to ever um, reap the benefits of the oil on their land. And so the Osage were like wealthy uh, natives in Oklahoma. And then there was just a bunch of murders of the Osage who were like inheriting that wealth from the oil um and that was what kind of sparked the uh, inception of the fbi 
Um, and if I recall correctly, I just remember thinking, wow, it was very easy to get away with murder. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I'm excited to read it. It is, it is by David Grant. And yeah, there it says, oh, and the director is Martin Scorsese starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and then some other people I don't know. Mm. That is quite a cast. So, and I always love to read the book before I see a movie. So this is actually great. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be like 5% of the time better. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so this would be great. And like, not that it's a theme, but it is about um, uh, Native tribes. Um, and it is Thanksgiving. We're recording on Thanksgiving Eve. So oh, we were funny. theming, we've themed. <laughs> okay, and then we'll also figure out a time to do a recap. This year, my New Year's resolution was to track all the books I read just to like, remember yeah and I've mostly done that there's there was a little bit in the middle of the summer that kind of like I had to I might have missed a few but so I'm really excited this year to like actually deep dive into that um my goal was to read 50 books this year and I am not gonna make it <laughs> dear listeners <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine you know what fine. I've gone for walks I lived a robust life everything is fine <laughs> yeah. I think it's totally acceptable I'm still yeah. sure that you did read a lot because you read a lot generally that's very true yeah um I am noticing though like without my commute to kind of get me into like a reading vibe like it's been a little easier to not pick up a book for a couple of days not often but it does happen I've, I've um, become a big fan in 2021 of the um read a book in the bath and I have recently purchased a bath is it table no. tablet? So I'm not really sure what the word it shelf that sits on top of you. So then you can have your book in the stand or an iPad that works too. Um, it's been literally the best twenty dollars I've spent on Amazon. Decadent, life changing. Decadent. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's solid, solid um, purchase. So. I think we'll end on that on that note. Right. <laughs> You're looking for a way to incorporate reading. Uh, try try bath and buy yourself a little bookshelf. <laughs> Treat yourself. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Thanks all, and we'll be have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back um, with our end of year like recaps. Yeah. Awesome. Bye.